0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hot Shot Wake Up. On today's show, we're going to be discussing something that's well-known in our industry, and that's when, at the tail end of the off-season, a lot of folks out there are running low on cash, the bank account is depleted, checking account, saving account isn't what you imagined it would be. After all the hard work that you put in the seasons before, just to come back into the season trying to rebuild what you save. A lot of folks out there come off fire season in the fall and they have a flush bank account with more money than they've ever had in their lives in that bank account. And they have for the past six months been receiving check after check larger than they've ever received before. And you're always gone. So the cash just kind of quickly piles up And before you know it, there's 18 grand, there's 20 grand. Busy seasons, you might even be seeing 30, 40 grand uh, if you're a seasonal or just a little higher on the GS scale than that. But this also applies to folks who are uh, higher up on the food chain. Um, I knew folks who uh, ran hotshot crews who were bringing in really good money, uh, but they as well would come in the springtime. Uh, dying for a fire check so it's not just a seasonal thing it happens to all of us and there's a mindset and a mentality behind this that really shows why this is happening there are some people in the fire world where this this isn't the case they they are the people with what you know the medical term is a scarcity mindset the savers the people who are penny pinching uh, ultimately have a scarcity mindset and they are constantly thinking I'm going to run out there isn't enough out there and I need to scrape by with as little as possible so I can make it through the next uh, the next season or the, this off season and then on the opposite side it's those folks with this abundance mentality and the abundance mentality is you think there's plenty to go around forever and you'll never run out And the pipes can just keep on flowing, and you don't have to worry about any sort of supply issue because you are under the mentality that there is everlasting abundance. Now, both of these mindsets have their pros and cons. Uh, The scarcity mindset, the pro is you are more of a planner for the future, and you see the potential for issues arising down the line and having that nest egg in place. However, it can cause other problems. A scarcity mindset usually produces more stress because you are stressed about the future and what is coming. And you can actually miss out on a lot of things with that mindset because you are closed off to the idea of being allowed to do what you want to do now the abundance mentality those folks the pros there are they are much more open to things in the world and there's enough to go around so i'm going to just take these opportunities as they come i'm going to go do this i'm going to go do that and it can provide for a much more relaxed mentality or mindset while you're going about in the world but the but the cons there depending on what you do but specifically for wildland firefighters if you have that mentality but you don't actually have the resources to maintain that lifestyle you can run into a lot of trouble and that's when you show up in february or jan even january and your bank account has been completely drained because you've been living you know day by day as if this isn't going to be a problem so There's people in the fire world with both of those mindsets, the scarcity mindset and the abundance mentality. And the first thing you should think about is, do I fall into one of those categories? There is a healthy balance, and I'll talk about what that balance is on how to manage both of these mindsets and kind of be somewhere in the middle. Now, one of the biggest issues I see with folks is coming off the fire season and having these off-season spending habits that aren't really conducive to being able to make it through the off-season and maintain some sort of nest egg that you can continue to build off going into the next year. I've known people who, by August, they've purchased $4,000 in new firearms and ammunition, and every R&R, they just go off and buy a gun and some more ammunition. And then come September, when people are starting to talk about where they're at financially with their bank accounts in the back of the buggy, this individual or these individuals that do this sort of thing, yeah, they're feeling a little bad because everybody's got 17 Gs in their bank account and they're they're at nine and they've just been bulk buying all this stuff. Now, they'll make the argument that this is an investment, and I won't disagree with that. Oftentimes, when you purchase firearms and ammunition, it can be an investment because these prices are going up, but that also requires you to then sell to get, you know, to recoup your money that you put into this, you know, quote, investment. But usually, when you're selling something like that, it's not just like, you're waiting for the buyer, a lot of the times I see is that as an emergency, something comes up and I got to go sell a bunch of guns and you don't necessarily make money off of them because you are now rushed to sell them to bring some capital in to make payments or fix a transmission or something like that. Other folks, you know, there was a guy in the fire world, good buddy of mine, who we were comparing what our finances were in the off season and we went through our bank accounts, and after some looking, he had realized that in the off-season that he had dropped $14,500 at bars, and he had done this by going back through his bank account and tracking all of his costs, and he was blown away. He's like, I almost spent fifteen grand drinking at the bar, you know, and he was buying drinks for others and picking up appetizers and big tips for the waitresses and the bartenders, and didn't think much of it until he actually sat down and took a look at what his spending habits were in that area. There's also folks who go big on gear. Like the season will end, and it's like, oh, ski season's coming. I need to buy new skis. I need new bindings. But if I get new bindings, I got to get new boots. And if I get new boots, I need the whole new touring package, new skins. Oh, if I'm gonna do backcountry, I need a I need a peep or you know a avalanche beacon. Next thing you know, you're another five grand deep as soon as the season ends and your bank account takes a big hit right at the time where you're no longer bringing in any sort of cash. And then you start getting panicky and you're like, oh, maybe I spent too much and oh no. And then you you can't actually enjoy the skiing as much as you would have liked because you're now concerned about your finances. And there's other off-season spending habits that will cause this sort of thing to happen. One thing I would suggest... For the off-season spending is to get into the mentality that you're, you don't really have that much cash coming in anymore, and you may have to pick and choose what kind of things you want to purchase and basically prioritize your spending. You, you do have to prioritize your spending in the off-season especially if you don't go out and get a job in the off-season. There's a lot of a lot of people who don't do that, and I understand why you're burnt out after the season and you don't want to go get a 9-to-5 just to quit again in March so you can train and, and be a hotshot again. I understand that, but if that's the case, you need to check your off-season spending habits if that's the route you're going to go, and that's the way you're going to live your life in the off-season. Now that we've talked about off season spending habits, let's talk about spending habits during the season. This, I think, is one of the biggest reasons people end the season without the nest egg that they thought they were going to have after working their ass off for six and a half months. The number one thing I see that I think is detrimental to being able to save and have money going into the next season is online shopping. While you're on the fire line or in the back of the buggy or in camp, online shopping while you're on a fire roll is, I think it's it's borderline dangerous because you're off, you're not home, you're wanting the creature comforts of home and your life, and you're looking at this screen thinking... Oh, I I can get that. Like I'm gonna have I have another fire check coming in. I I can buy this. But the big thing is a lot of little purchases that you make really add up fire roll after fire roll. You get home, it's nice to see those packages on the front porch. It's nice to open things, you get a dopamine dump in your brain, but it's kind of a bad feedback loop because the next time you go out on a fire roll, you get back on the Amazon app and start shopping again and you find this little thing or that little thing and you buy buy these online products that you know are gonna be there when you get back and it's gonna be very exciting to open up and find. But number one, you are making these purchases under that abundance mentality, the mentality that the fire checks are gonna keep coming in, I'm just stacking cash, I'm not spending anything. And buying something online compared to buying something in a store uh, it's it's proven through studies people are more likely just to slam that buy button and have it sent out to you than traveling to a store looking for that item and then once you get there looking at the price tag and thinking oh man do I actually want this or maybe I don't buy as much but when you're out on the fire line and you've talked about something all day someone's talking about. You know, this thing that they bought last Fire Roll, and then you saw it on RR and and now you want one. You just start clicking away without realizing that it's, it's pulling out of your bank account as fast as it actually is. Instant gratification, you know, that's what that is. And ultimately, what that leads to is when October and November comes around, and you expected to see these large amounts in your checking and savings account, and you realize you're thousands and thousands of dollars under what you thought you were going to have and you're scratching your head thinking how did I do this how did how I was making so much money all these fire checks were coming in but every fire roll you were just slowly pulling out of your bank accounts with stuff that maybe you should have waited until the season was over to buy i think that's a huge point if you Try to control your online spending during the fire season and maybe make a list of things that you would like to purchase, but don't buy them while you're out on the fire roll. When you have time to sit down, the season has ended, the fire checks have stopped coming in, you can then take that list in November, prioritize that list. Maybe by the time fall comes, half of the stuff you don't even want anymore. You're like, why, why would I want that now? And it really cuts down on that instant gratification spending that happens when you're on Amazon or any of the other apps, Shopify, trying to just get some sort of pleasure out of purchasing things while you're in the woods by yourself without creature comforts. That is something to think about. I think it's huge. I've seen people spend thousands of dollars in an evening in a buggy just clicking on stuff that they want because they have two fire checks now banked in their bank account that they haven't touched cuz they've done back-to-back rolls and they're bored and you know oftentimes lonely and they're just trying to find something to give them a little boost to make them feel better especially right before bed and they start making all of these purchases that may not be necessarily needed at that time. So again, maybe make a list during the season. I'm not saying just cut yourself off because you don't want to go into a full-blown scarcity mindset because there's cons to that as well. But make lists maybe of what you want to purchase as the fire roll's happening. And maybe after the fire roll or once a month, or maybe if you can really do some delayed gratification, wait till the season's over and take your list and look at it to see what's actually needed what you actually want under the mentality of, hey, the fire checks have stopped rolling in, I need to kind of readjust my mindset on what is there and what isn't there. And you can still make some purchases, but prioritize them a little more than just slamming that buy button with, you know, two-day delivery on day 12, hoping that it's there when you get back from your fire roll. Now, one of the simplest things I think you can do, but it's it's harder than most think, but that's just to learn, learn to save some money. Have goals, have a monthly goal of what you want to save. You know, what out of a fire check can you pull out? Do I want to take just $100 a checkout and then you'll have a couple grand in savings? By the end of the season, maybe you want more and you do $150, $200 a fire check, You know, and then now you got a few thousand plus dollars or you can you can do more than that and just be aggressive saving during the season and then have that nest egg when the season ends. As long as your bills are covered, you'll get into the habit of learning to put something away and save. And the fun part is when you actually hit your goal. You know, you have a savings goal of four grand, let's say, starting off. Like I want to save four grand this fire year. Or, I wanna go into next season with seven grand or six grand. When you actually meet those goals, it's an awesome feeling. And then you reset your goals and you just keep climbing this financial mountain of putting away for the future and have the feedback of successfully meeting those goals. And then you actually find some enjoyment out of saving. Now, the other thing that ties in with this is as you're actively saving or learning to save, find something to save for, you know? Tell yourself, I'm saving for, you know, X, Y, and Z. I'm saving for a truck. I'm saving for, you know, property. I'm saving for, you know, my investment account. I'm saving for a vacation. But have something that you're saving for. It's just like living in the world. Like, it's good to have something to believe in, otherwise you're wandering aimlessly around the planet with nothing with you know basically no value system because you don't believe in anything. It, that can transfer down to just something as simple as saving. And then once you meet a savings goal of I have enough now to buy this, you know, used truck or I have enough now to buy the 5 acres that I wanted, you can set new goals. And then you have multiple goals. And then it really becomes fun because well $200 of fire checks going to go in for saving for, you know, this little cottage or farm that I want down the line and and $120 is going to go into savings for a, a pickup truck. And then you can expand and and multitask on your savings goals and that will go a very long way and it will turn into a balance between the scarcity mindset and the abundance mentality in which you know, you have the scarcity mindset as in, well, I need to save because these are the things I want down in the future. But once you start meeting your goals, you're on that other balance of the abundance mentality where I have saved enough for these things, and then you are able to make these purchases, and you see real-world results of the discipline in saving um, That you did throughout the season now once you have learned to save and you start tracking your on uh, online purchases and your off-season purchases and really get an idea of where all your money's going then you get into a position where you start setting goal after goal i have the truck now i i have a down payment that's when you can start looking into taking your fire checks to invest somehow Now, I kind of touched on this earlier. You know, there's the fella that I was talking about who would buy four or five, you know, sometimes even six grand in firearms and ammunition every year, but he would make the claim that it was he was investing. And like I said, that is an investment if you treat it like an investment. But there's lots of things that you can invest in that can then compound and make, you know, your life easier financially down the line. Now, one of the main things that I would do or suggest... You know, I'm not a financial advisor, but what what I think is a good idea is for everyone to open an IRA, which is a retirement investment account. And basically how that works is you can put up to $6,000 now, I believe, $6,000 a year into this account. You cannot touch it until you are of retirement age, but when you come of retirement age, all of the money that has earned interest and the money that you put in is untaxed. So it, it's, it's an account where you will not pay tax on the money that you put in, and you can write that off on your taxes every year. So you can claim that you put six grand into this account, and that will instantly be taken into account when you file your taxes. And ultimately, for a lot of you, that just means that there's more money coming back just from investing into this type of account. You can open these things anywhere. Um, It's decent interest bearing. And basically, it's based on growth of the market, which for the past 130 years, if you just invest in the market broadly um, and hold it till you're retired, you're going to see some sort of natural gains just off of that plus this income is untaxed. Now there's other things you could invest in. You could invest in property. So just r- let's talk raw land. If you go out and buy, you know, 10, 20, 30, maybe even 40 acres of land, historically land prices continue to increase in cost and they appreciate in value. Now a lot of people the further out west and the closer to the east coast you live, property is going to be very very expensive and right now I believe we're in some sort of property bubble I don't know how long that's going to last um, but it goes in cycles and if you were around for 2008 for the property crash that happened then these things go in cycles so I've posted this before it's good to recognize patterns and cycles and see where in the cycle and pattern you're at and try to take advantage of these things but you might be saying if you're on the west coast or the east coast Man, land is just too expensive. You know, 10 acres is $120,000 if it's got trees on it. There are still places in this country where you can buy 40 acres for $40,000. I'm currently looking at a plot. It's 38 acres of timbered land and they want $42,000 for it. So there's still affordable pieces of property out there. And you know, my plan is to purchase this, this plot and just kind of sit on it. Maybe I'll build a house on it over time, but just to to own that and in hopes that it will appreciate value, which historically land will appreciate in value. Now, let's get into some other investments. I have a buddy who has been buying Bitcoin with every fire check for the last four or five years. I am not giving advice to go out and do this, but it's just an example of someone who researched an investment, learned about the technology and what it was, and decided to make a move. Like he decided to put his hard-earned fire money to work. Is it a is it a gamble? Of course it is. But a lot of things are a gamble. You buy a used truck, but it wasn't looked over enough, and then the transmission blows and it's not under warranty. You know, you buy a piece of property but you didn't do a lot of looking into the background of it and it turns that it's, you know, there's an old dump site nearby that's been buried and then you got all sorts of environmental problems with it. Or you buy speculative cryptocurrencies and these things, you know, pump and dump and go high and low and you lose money. But that's with everything in life. And ultimately, if you want any sort of growth, you just have to to make a move on something, but you should be educated and take time to look into these things before you put your hard-earned money into it. But my whole point is, is this individual was confident in this and understood what it was. A lot of people back then shrugged it off and and didn't have any want to understand what this stuff was, but he put in the time and he only took, you know, $200 a fire check and bought Bitcoin with every fire check, 200 bucks here, 200 bucks there. And if you know the story behind what's going on there, you know, he's quadrupled what he's put in and now he's just happier on the fire line he cuts trees with a smile and digs line with a smile because he knows down the line when he leaves fire that he's gonna have a nice big s nest egg to fall back on while he finds uh, out what the next move is in his life the moral of the story here that i'm trying to get at is once you've set your savings goals you determine and understand what your spending habits are you reset your mindset so you're not all abundance mentality and you're not all scarcity mindset and you've kind of navigated these things and you've you've worked your way up now to where you're looking for something to invest in, find something you understand, learn about something that you want to understand and start small, but start somewhere is my point. You just got to start somewhere. Buy two acres, you know? Buy some silver and gold buy some you know buy a Bitcoin over time Wh- whatever it is you you just have to you just have to understand it and make a move on it. Yes, there's risk there but this is how people over history have been able to expand their wealth because they understand what they're doing and take the time to learn about it and recognize patterns, and the cycles that you're in, and try to take advantage of those things. The richest man in the world once said, he was a Rothschild, he said, family wealth should be in land, precious metals, so silver and gold, and the stock market, but treat the stock market like a cold bath. Quick in, quick out. Now, with that family, quick in, quick out might be a year. You know, They're not day trading, but like find the cycle and be in for the year and ride that year out and then get out, and then take your gains and put it into hard assets like property and, and other valuable assets. Something to look into. There's a lot of good books out there on investing. Look into those. There's They're everywhere. You can find these things everywhere. Just look for the best-selling ones, and they're going to teach you something. And it's something good to read while you're on the buggy and can help expand your learning into creating something more out of the fire checks that you've been getting. Now the last thing i'll get into is while at work we all understand and use the incident command system you know we have the ic then there's planning planning then there's operations logistics and then there's a finance section chief i think it's a great idea to try to implement that system you know not hardcore but implement that system in a way where you can operate that inside of your life you know you are the ic of your life but you can branch out and have time for planning things and then have a that, out of that planning, you now have a plan on how you're going to operate. And that's, you need to commit to operating and your operations of dialing in and carrying out the planning that you had. But in order for all of that to take place, you need a finance sections chief, which is someone keeping track of where the money's going, what's coming in, is it needed to spend- Is it not needed to spend? And someone holding the whole operation or system accountable on the finance side. This is very helpful, I think, for new folks and is a good idea and easy to implement because we already know the system that's there. All in all, number one, identify where you're at in your mindset. Do you have a scarcity mentality or do you have an abundance mentality? Find that out. And once you find that out, you can objectively and consciously make the decision of, do you want to stay there or do you want to kind of have a happy medium in the middle? The second, check your off-season spending habits. I'm saying don't, don't like just not spend anything. It's good. It's healthy to go on a vacation after the fire season. That's good for you. But, you know, ball out on a budget. You can go to Puerto Rico. You can go to Mexico. Like You can go to places where it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg and still have a great time and relax. But check those off-season spending habits. You know, are you eating out every night? Do you go to the bar every night? What are you spending your money on? And then check your spending habits during the season, where most people spending during the season, like I said, have the abundance mentality and they're in the back of the buggy and they're just buy, buy, buy. I'm buying this. I'm buying that. I'm on Amazon for 30 minutes just filling up a shopping cart, and then who cares what it costs? I got fire checks coming in. Blam. Send it to my house, and now it's Christmas every fire roll when I get home. Take an account of where you are with that. Thirdly, learn to save. Set a goal, an easy goal first, but set a goal where you have something to save for and then decide what is realistic that you can put away every month every fire check to make that happen that's very very important It's just just learn to save and then once you reach those goals it's good to then make new goals or expand on those goals fourthly start looking into investing and find things you are interested in or things you are are willing to learn about to invest in whether it's you just want a cabin in the woods okay we'll start researching what land costs start researching why the land costs that much where is that land can i find it cheaper elsewhere you know if you are a crypto person i put a poll out early this year and asked if you could receive your all or part of your fire check in bitcoin would you at 40% 40% of the people said they would that shocked me i thought it was going to be in the teens i myself am invest, invested in bitcoin and all sorts of other stuff mostly bitcoin mining companies is what i'm invested in when it comes to that section but i'm i'm diversified in what i'm what i'm investing in but i do because i I learned and started understanding what all that was and found interest in it and put a little you know a little bit away here and there to diversify what i was investing in you know if you're a guns and gold person sure but make sure you're getting good deals and good prices on that stuff but those things can be investments and lastly put together the incident command system in your personal life to help you take control and have some sort of accountability in a structured way for how you're running your life when it comes to these things. I hope this helped. Uh, Thanks again for everybody who subscribes. I'll, I'll touch more on this later. I'm trying to have a bonus podcast at least once a week. It might be once every two weeks. But if you have ideas for what you would like to hear and learn about when it comes to stuff like this, just shoot me a message on Instagram or Twitter or on the Substack. You can find me in all of those places and I'll try to cover them if, if, the, if that's uh, something you're willing to do. And it's something I think everybody will find interesting. I will definitely do that. Remember, check in on your homies. Make sure they're doing okay. Stretch, hydrate, quality calories always count and get it done.